tomorrow i'm your host joshua topolsky today on the podcast we're going to discuss from dome's page from hell adjustmentbureaumovie.com and bone my hole but first a word from our sponsor today's episode is brought to you by squarespace squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website blog or online store for you and your ideas Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code JOSHUA at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. My guest today is a lovely and intelligent man uh, who sometimes goes by the name Dome, which we're going to talk about. Dan Fromer is here with me. Dan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Fromer, right? Fromer, yeah. Not Frommer. Nope. Okay, good. So Dan, uh, you may not know, he's a writer, he's a thinker, he's a creator. He is a Quartz currently, where he is, a, what is your official title of Quartz? Uh, tech editor. Tech editor and uh, previously Business Insider. Yeah. You're kind of one of like the founding, I'm going through all the Business Insider guys now. I had Joe <laughs> <Yeah>. Weisenthal. <laughs> Joe was great. No, but how how early were you there? I was uh, day zero. Silicon Alley. Yeah, yeah. I was employee number two. Were you really? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you don't count the founders, so P- mm, I guess Henry. I, don't. I guess is I don't. Employee zero, and then Peter Kafka, who you'll have to have on at some point. I got to get Kafka on. And then I was number two. Anyhow, I want to talk to you because next week, you know, when people hear this, it'll be Monday. Actually, Monday's Labor Day. Maybe we should release this Tuesday. I think you should release it Sunday because people are going to be bored. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we'll do it Sunday. That's a good idea. Um, when you hear this, uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff that's happening this week, the week you're listening, the listener is now listening in. Uh, but it is Friday, just before Labor Day for us, in our timeline. September 4th. September 4th. So there's a, there are a bunch of things happening in the world of technology. There have been a bunch of big things, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. There's an Apple event coming up. There's talk of a Google event happening. There have been a bunch of new logos and new st- companies and... Anyhow, I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to speak to an intelligent person about the state. I mean, not that, you know, not that I appreciate I talk, it. Not that I talk to a lot of unintelligent people on the podcast. But I want to talk to you about the state of technology and sort of the industry. You write things that are, I think, very thoughtful, some data driven stuff that's really interesting and insightful. And I thought this would be a good chance to talk about what's happening in the world of technology and anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. Well, before we get to that, I want to talk about. Um, the nickname From Dome. Yeah. Well, that's your Twitter handle is From Dome. It's my everything handle. It's your everything handle. So this is your go-to. You sign up for a new service. You sign up for uh, Vonage or uh, <laughs> I don't know why Vonage. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things you sign up for. Uh, your Instagram. Are you From Dome on Instagram? Oh, yeah. Everything. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of From Dome Snapchat? everywhere. Snapchat? Uh, I actually don't know what my Snapchat is. Probably. Oh, wow. if, I'm not sure if I ever actually added a nickname you on it. You don't use Snapchat? probably... Not not often. Yeah, you're, really, not, you're really showing how not, not. as a publisher. As you're, a, I'm a, are you Gen X or are you a millennial? Uh, probably like halfway. Based on your lack of Snapchat knowledge, I'd say you're Gen X. Yeah. I would, well, I think maybe, maybe it's because I got married before mm-hmm. Snapchat launched. Or you think there's a relationship there between <laughs> not being married and using Snapchat? I think there might be. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe you can pull some data. Uh, what is your data project at Quartz called? Oh, well, Atlas. Uh, Atlas can, is our is our charts project. Your charts yeah. project. Maybe you can create a chart about that at, at, using Atlas. Could be. We'll talk about that too. All right. So, uh, From Dome. Yes, twenty years of From Dome. Actually, wow. Yeah, uh, I that could be that'd be a great uh, name for your uh, biography autobiography. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whatever the years amount of years are. Uh, well, so I, my friend Neil in seventh grade nicknamed me From Dome. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I forgot why. And I registered that as my eWorld name. Do you remember eWorld? No. What is eWorld? eWorld was Apple's basically white label AOL dial-up uh, oh. online service. What was this like? Ninety? It was ninety-five. Ninety-five. Yeah. And ninety-five. Is that that's uh, pre-Jobs return? Yeah. Scully? Yep. No, not Scully. I don't know. Uh, what's Gil? his name? Gil, Gil Emilio. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I had a Performa and a. 2400 baud modem and yeah. a free eWorld, yeah. you know, 10 free hours or whatever it was. I had an LC. 
Yeah, man. We had an LC too. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool computer. So anyway, so I became eWorld on from uh, I became from Dome on eWorld and then um, stuck with it. And then when I went I went back to AOL and then my first website was hosted on AOL. It was called From Dome's Page from Hell. Wow. Yeah. How old were you? Uh thirteen. Do you know what it looked like? Do you have any Yeah, it was great. It had like a, a neon yellow and green background and then I made these fire graphics and it was like animated? There were probably some animations, but wow. I was uh so I think I only had two megs of, of space. Yeah. So you had to be careful with what did you with cover? What did you cover on From Dumb's Well, a, a lot of it was under construction. Okay. Uh, in fact yeah. when uh ten years ago I, I made the banner say Chromedome.com under construction for 10 years. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's nice. Basically, like uh, I would redesign the website probably every few weeks. Yeah. Because I was, you know, in middle school and then high school. Right. But I never iterate, actually always be iterating. Yeah. You know, ab- the, absolutely. The, yeah. I would learn a new HTML thing. Like I would learn yeah. tables and then frames. This and is I would. Classic. Yeah. But I never really was publishing regularly on there it was more of a kind of web design project that mm-hmm. went on for a while more like uh, perform- I, I, kind of performance art yeah i i had some cool features i i actually got in trouble for it once um and then and then i think 97 or 98 my my father got me fromdome.com as a birthday present wow yeah back what then what a cool it, present yeah it was pretty sweet that's so thoughtful um, I probably asked for it. I feel like I actually wouldn't... probably bought it with his credit oh, okay, card and, okay. and declared it my birthday. I was going to say, I feel like but... that's like a really thoughtful, insightful gift from a parent at, at that in that era. What year is this? I think ninety seven. Ninety seven. I haven't so, who is myself. Lately, I mean, that's like a but... really cool f- gift if you get if you're yeah. a kid. We were actually debating two domains: From Dome or the, the other one I wanted was BigAssChainsaw.com. Well, you blew it because that would have been that would have been pretty cool. a highly successful website. Um, but and now, fromdo.com so, is just dormant. What's on it? Uh, it's like a blog right now. Well, so when I I, I used to it. have a, a site called Splatf, which was basically yeah. my independent tech news and analysis site, and uh, I had this phase of, like last year where I was like, oh, I have too many too many names and brands online. I need to consolidate, so I just yeah. moved all the Splatf stuff over to. Did Fromdo. you consult with a brand consultant on that? Did you? I should have. Yeah. Um, anyway, the nice thing about being becoming Dome in 1995 <laughs> is that I'm the only Dome there's ever been because really? no one has ever been able to use Dome on right. any you've internet occupied, service. You've occupied all yeah, of the absolutely. Space. You've sucked up all the air. For I've other never Fromdomes. I've never tried to sign up for anything as Dome and and been told that it was taken already, except. When I had accidentally forgotten that I signed up for it like several months prior, so. I should say that Laura, my wife Laura uh, June, was when I told her you were going to be on the podcast. She was like, "I got into the backstory to From Dome," so that was kind of like I also wanted to know, but she was it was the first thing that she thought of. So I'm glad that we could cover it, and yeah. now and now we know. Not a great, honestly, the origin story itself, not that great. It's like your friend nicknamed you, you don't know why. And then I you think just, it maybe it was a Simpsons it. reference, yeah. but he, I didn't really watch the Simpsons much. No, and he did. Yeah. So okay, so you don't even know. It might have had something to do with that. I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> we'll never know. Oh, but Are the you, best was yeah. uh, several years ago. I was at Costco. I was buying my first SLR camera at Costco because I was about to leave on vacation the next day. Okay, and there was Where a, were you going? there was a, you uh, Portugal. Okay, and there was an old lady at the end of the register wearing a sweater. With bejeweled like letters that said "From Zone," really? Yeah, that's so weird. Did you I, take a picture with the I camera? Took a picture with, with my new... Palm Trio. Oh, with your. Trio. <laughs> what, I have what, a picture. What Trio do you? Yeah, it was a seven hundred P. Okay. Yeah, that was a that was a Palm device. I mean, yeah. it was like a Palm, palm OS. OS. Yep. Yeah, uh, I did. I was on I Verizon. Not... Verizon device. I was a, I was on Sprint. Oh, Sprint. Yeah. Okay. But CDMA. Theirs came out first, and I believe it blocked fewer features than the Verizon one, or oh, something really? like that. I was, uh, I was, I, mean, I probably talked about this on the podcast before, but I had a Trio 650, which to me oh, yeah. was like the greatest. Right. that was like the most iconic Trio, I think. It was the greatest thing that I'd ever had in my entire life. It was like, I mean, I do feel like a little bit of the thrill of the iPhone was lost on me. I think a lot of people were like, "Oh my God, you can do all of these things." I think for people who own Trios. You're like, yeah, I can already do all these things. And in fact, I even protested. I was like, I don't need an iPhone. I can do all this stuff with my trio. It was um, like, I could do less with an iPhone. Oh, but in beautiful color. Right, right. Like, it's like, this <laughs> doesn't even have, I can't even get a different <laughs> mail app or something. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but actually the mail app works really well. But, you know, you've sort of, I think I ruined the iPhone a little bit for myself by having already enjoyed the, the pleasure of a trio. 
For me, it was uh, draining my battery by using the IM client for like 20 minutes. That was that oh, was like, trio? Yeah, that was amazing. I guess I had, uh, I remember there was like a Gmail, like a Gmail Java app that they had. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was great. Anyhow, so let's fast forward. Let's do that. To present day. So Apple has an event next week. This week. Sorry, that's right. You, the week that you are listening is when the event is happening. And uh, they're expected to make some large announcements. They have a new venue, which is huge. It's like a 3,000-seat venue, which seems too big, in my opinion. But, you know, who am I to judge? Obviously, they're going to announce So big, op- there's no room for us. That's right. <laughs> well, I can't. I couldn't go even if even if I wanted to go, uh, which I don't. Me neither. I, I'm actually ecstatic to not be. I've gone to every Apple event. I've gone to so many Apple events. Yeah. This may be one of two that I've missed in, like, seven years or something i don't know six years i don't know whatever it's been but uh big venue big big venue well they're gonna announce new iphones yeah we know for sure they're going to announce it they have to iphone 6s and an iphone 6s plus which is a real mouthful or something that's almost a samsung product name. it really is yeah well i think there's a lot of things that apple does that are almost samsung like at this Mm. point and we can talk about yeah (laughs) that's a, a very interesting reaction to that almost Kind of a flirty reaction, I would say. <laughs> um, so there's talk that they're going to announce a new Apple TV. It's going to be a big yeah. like change. They're going to allow apps. To me, this is the biggest part part of the. That's event. the that's going to be the big thing. Yeah, they're they're going to kind of get done with the phones quickly. You think, and they're going to yeah, yeah. they're going to jam what up this they, huge presentation. Gonna, well, there's there's uh, the force touch thing right so we're okay so let's let's oh so what else might they announce do you know uh supposedly they're gonna do the big ipad too yeah like what is that like a 13 inch ipad something like that yeah that to me sounds like a nightmare when i think about it when i think about things that are nightmarish to me i think a larger ipad stands out it's like the ipad already seems too big the regular size ipad already feels too big to me i mean i don't really know what to do with it frankly do you have an ipad i'm i've been mini only since they came out what do you do with it uh, I read in bed and at the on the on the elliptical. toilet on the toilet. That's the six. <laughs> that's plus. what I thought, six you, were pluses gonna, for that's the I thought you were going to say. Six pluses for the toilet. You read iPad in bed is, and on the elliptical. Yeah, and you read what like books? Uh, in bed, I read uh, web pages mm-hmm. usually or mm-hmm. Twitter. Okay, although Twitter keeps me up, but web I usually read uh, Flyer Talk, which puts me asleep. Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the website that's about um, uh, people complaining fly- about flying. flying. Yeah. <laughs> Is that true? That's yeah. what you do? Yeah. That's so odd. Or our other uh, aviation message boards. Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's really great. That's uh, an amazing idea. Yeah. I mean, and I actually find that I get tired of reading anything in bed. I mean, I, anything. As soon as I start reading, it could be the most interesting thing in Three the world. Three pages. I'm yeah. just like, nope, not going to make it. Yeah. That's, yeah uh, but but that's interesting. That's all you really do with the iPad. Um, and I, and I'm, at the gym, I read uh, books. Yeah. I've been reading um, or like uh, Wall Street Research. Yeah. Which is. That that doesn't put you to sleep. No, actually, I really love it. Okay, yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. So, anyhow, I was just—I think a large iPad to me is. I guess there's a reason people would want it. I don't. I'm not sure what it is. I'm. I have no doubt that there are things that people can do with it. I'm sure there are photographers or. I think that some people will figure out stuff to do with it. I don't know. I just got the new MacBook. Yeah. Which to me, like, that's the big iPad that I needed. Yeah, but the new MacBook kind of sucks. It's, it's slow. It is very slow. It's really slow. I mean, it doesn't suck in that I actually worked on a review at um, Bloomberg with uh, another writer there, Stephen Pulverant, and we sort of the conclusion we came to was if you accept that this is going to be slower and is like less, it's not really a, a workhorse. It's more like a basic. It's almost a Chromebook, you know. Then it's a really cool Mac. Yeah, it's but a it's, a, it's kind an of, iPad with a keyboard that you can hold with two fingers. Yeah, and, and, has, and you can charge it over USB while you're on a plane is pretty cool or you can oh, power can you? it well yeah. it's basically the same battery yeah. yeah you have to have an annoying USB-C cable though yeah which is that actually that has been which is a really annoying standard annoying. right now and yeah. I don't know I, I will say like my light I don't know if you the guy we're really on a tangent here but my lightning um, all my lightning adapters like fall out of my phone hmm. I feel like they're kind of it's kind of a bad design they kind of slide in there and just slide right out okay anyhow so uh, large iPad what else might Apple announce do you know that's Probably no about it. I mean, that's here's the question: Do they now that this? I don't think they're ready to talk about the car, but I could also see them no. flirting with people about it. Like, hey, look, we, you know, some CarPlay stuff. I don't know. Oh well, CarPlay, yeah, maybe. What were you? What were you gonna say? Like the actual car. 
They're not going to flirt with the car, I don't think. No, I don't think so. At this point, no. No, nah, it's too early. If it's 2020, which is what Bloomberg reported. Yeah, never mind. I, re- just I retract. I think they're definitely several years away from anything. Yeah, that looks I, re- like I a retract. Car. No um, problem. Okay, good. That's good. That would have been embarrassing had you not retracted. Yeah. Retract- luckily, like Outlook, uh, I like Outlook, people will just, will never see that. We'll never hear that. No. Um, so I would say the the phone is the most important thing because that's what they sell the most of. Right. Well, that's their actually. Did you who wrote the article I was reading somewhere? It might have been Bloomberg, where it accounts for what like two thirds of their profits are phone. Yeah, which is crazy. It's nuts. I mean, and I'm sure that part of them wishes that they had a more balanced business just in case something happened. Yeah. But, but the like, other oh, hand, we have like, hundred billion dollars in the bank, so who cares? Right. And it's also like, well, if we're gonna like have the best phone business on the planet like all right let's keep doing that right it's pretty incredible actually when you think about it i mean that is uh in a pretty short period of time i think it's something that we'll never see well i don't want to say we'll never see again but it it is extremely rare how amazing that business has become not to like talk about go go on about business too long but like no by all means it's crazy it's crazy it's not going to happen it's not going to happen soon with something else, like it's definitely not happening with the watch. The watch is not going to be bigger than the right. Than the, the car, iPhone. the car would be um, tough. So, and even just for any company like that, the the iPhone is truly like the thing of the last ten years, and maybe the next ten. Uh, What's a, is there a comparable? Is there a, a, a something comparable from the past that you could look at that dom that that rose to be such a source of profit for a company and such a, a dominant? had a, such a dominant market position um, like from in another industry? I mean, I don't know. Like kale? <laughs> that's wholly owned by one other company, no, though. Yeah, that's um, right. right. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it, it is, it is odd. Was, it, I don't think it would be a piece of consumer technology. No, like running shoes. It wasn't shoes, the Discman. Nike, Nikes, you know, whatever they're... Uh, maybe the... The uh, All-Star. I don't know. That's a great. That's a really great question. Yeah, maybe you can do a chart about. I mean, it, it could be it could be Microsoft Windows, but I don't I don't know if that's that, that's nowhere near as big. So. I don't know. It's hard to tell. At any rate, yeah. okay. So right, so th- well. So now, you, now I have one story idea from this. What? Hold on. Oh, uh, Paul. Paul, our engineer, is saying Bell Telephone, but I think that's a. Well, yeah, but okay. He's saying that was a monopoly, but the iPhone actually. Here's the weird thing about the iPhone. Not a monopoly. Actually, doesn't have the biggest market share in smartphones anywhere. Even in the U.S., right. its most dominant market. Right. It is. It's. They sell fewer iPhones than Android phones, but in terms of revenue, it's like a much larger generator. In fact, people basically aren't making money on Android phones. No, I mean very little money. Samsung's probably making a few bucks. A little bit. Yeah. A little less than they used to be. Yeah. Anyhow, so to that point, Paul, you're wrong. Dead wrong. Okay. Wow. <laughs> he said we got him. You can't hear him, but I'm telling you that's what he said. He totally has uh, put the white flag up. At any rate, okay, so so they're going to introduce these new phones. Yeah. They're going to have this feature called Force Touch, which everybody's talking about, which is a it already exists in the watch. You're wearing the watch right now. I'm wearing the watch. And Force Touch is essentially a hard press. Yeah, you just you can, push it harder. Yeah. And it does something else. Yes. Now, I raised this. I think I was talking about it with uh, Joanna Stern. Does it seem different than long press to you right now? Uh, I've never had an Android for very long. Or actually, I've never had an Android that I've used for more than like really? five minutes. Wow. wow. So uh, I, I am not qualified to answer that question. Yeah. But uh, conceptually, no. It's pretty much the same. Now, there is also long press in some iOS apps. Right. Like, like there's long press on the icons to move icons around. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And in apps, there's also stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what I want, I mean, I, I assume that, yes, there are degrees, of course, pr- with pressure, there are degrees of pressure. So different levels of pressure can do different things. I, I On the watch, it doesn't stand out to me as a feature that is particularly uh, meaningful. No, it just, it un- it unhides hidden features. Right. Which is what long presses do. This is the same. I mean, yeah. if you've ever used an right, Android right. device, there's actually a lot of iOS apps that use yeah, long the RDO press. app used it. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, I guess what I'm wondering is, what is the implementation of of like where? I mean, where will this come into play? Do you have any idea where a, where like a pressure sensitivity is really coming into play in a new version of iOS? Can you imagine? I mean, I read that? an article today on Nine to Five Mac. Or okay, something then like it's that probably this where, is probably what it what it'll do. Yeah, Tell where me. it was like uh, it'll let you skip ahead. To like what normally would take like maybe two taps, you could force touch and it would just pop up the menu or something like that. I'm not sure. I don't mm. know. I think oh. that, and this is, you know, this is. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> what else did it say? 
Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, but like, you know, one of my initial thoughts was, wow, this is this is probably the most that Apple has fragmented iOS now in terms of a feature that's available to one or two phones that none of the other ones could have. So right. if you are writing software, you might have to like explain to people, well, you can do this force touch thing to speed up this app on two phones, but no one else can do it. So. Right, because you're going to, how you know, the upgraders, how, what percentage of, of current owners are going to be upgraders, right? I don't know. In a year, it'll be about a third. Right. So. Pretty or, decent amount. Or but, maybe even close to half. Yeah. But still, it's, you know, and they've had this before where, you know, some phones were retina and some weren't, and then yeah. some were tall and some weren't. And, but these are and, minor and fragmentations. a bunch of my apps still haven't been updated for the 6 and 6 Plus yet. Oh, the 6 Plus is depressing. And you have a 6 Plus? I do. I, I'm surprised. I, I look at apps on there all the time, and I'm just like, I cannot believe there's this gigantic keyboard. Yeah. That's the interesting thing that I kind of didn't realize so much about iOS before. Um, you really, It's really pronounced on the 6 Plus that the keyboard is like sort of linked to the app, what keyboard you get. Mm-hmm. And so when you pop up a keyboard, they're like, some apps have old keyboards. Like I remember when I first got the whatever the, the iOS seven, whenever that's um, the first versions of that were out, you would pop open like the Gmail keyboard was still the old the keyboard. Old keyboard, yeah, yeah. And and now on the six plus, you see like it's just this big, this huge keyboard because the whole the whole app is big. It's like right. everything is like scaled up as opposed to being sized for that display, which is sort of you know a little clunky. I mean, you don't think Apple's going to be that clunky? Well, yeah. What? No, I I, I mean, th- there are different ways they could have done that, but I think that right. uh, part of that is, I think, shaming developers into <laughs> remaking their apps with the newest tools. You think so? And I think that that only works with some of them. <laughs> um, I Yeah, like the ones who are engaged and not lazy. Right. Uh-huh. And there may, there may be other, like reasons for doing it that way but i don't know but it's a minor fragmentation yeah i, I don't think i actually don't think fragmentation i know that people make a big deal they it used to be a thing that people harped on about android i don't maybe i'm i don't really see it but i don't feel like this is a concern for people i don't feel like people are walking around going like i can't run this app or this thing looks different on my phone i feel like we'd hear a lot more about it from the general public if it really were yeah i think it's an academic thing especially that um apple weenies are like proud of (laughs) Uh, I don't think it actually has many <laughs> Apple weenies. Is that a, a technical term? It is now. Okay. I, I mean, there's definitely like that. when you read the the list of supported Android devices for like a Banks app or something like that. Sometimes it's kind of hilarious because there's not <laughs> right. that many of them. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably been overblown, and yeah. most stuff just works good enough. But so this fragmentation you're talking about, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal. No, I don't think so either. Um I, I just brought it up to be a to be a snob. To be an asshole. Yeah. Mission accomplished. But uh, obviously you love Apple because you've never used any other phone. So you're a big fan. You're a big Apple fanboy, obviously. I'm not a I don't think I'm a fan. I would say that I uh I've used Apple stuff exclusively for like twenty five years now. And it's just uh and I'm like, you know, this is the the ecosystem works. All my stuff is there I've never had anything else. I've never had Windows. Yeah. Um, Do you ever feel like when you say that out loud, you're like a person who only eats chicken? Uh, I love all foods. <laughs> Isn't that weird? You like variety in foods, but not, I your, love variety not, in not foods. your electronics. I don't know. Um, I just feel like, here's my thing on I get that. And I, I listen, ultimately, the Apple ecosystem works tends to work really well. Although Google has, I mean, you use Gmail, don't you? Through IMAP, yeah. Oh, my God. I you know. Use like, do you use, like, use Apple Mail, Mail yeah, man. on your computer? Yeah. That's fucked all, up. All I mean, that's fucked Macs. up. I don't really know what to say. Like, that is a disturbing uh, announcement. That I is, also use the, the Gmail web I... app for because I have six Gmail address addresses. Are they all from Dome? No, related. I have only one professional regret, and that's having six Gmail. Addresses. Do you have from Dome at Gmail dot com? I do. Yeah. Okay, good. So if you want, but to I don't touch, use that. You don't. No, Why not? only for calendars. Well, I don't understand. Wow, your digital life sounds very complicated. From Dome at from dot com. What's oh, that's be- good. What's do you have that? that? Of do you, course. Do you that's use my, that? That's my email for for like spam stuff. Do you also have danfromer.com? I do. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of, see, I have a lot of domains, but not a lot of actual, like I didn't actually turn them into things that I use. I had so many domains, I had to start getting rid of them. Yeah, I started yeah. deleting and ending like the, the um the what do you call it? The auto yeah, renewal. Yeah, the auto renewal. Because I've just been, I went through them and I'm like, wow, I'm really not going to. Now, I might have kept this one, but at some point I bought Facebook with like eight A's. So it's like Facebook. <laughs> and I don't remember if I still have it or not. I should do something with that. 
I have a lot of crazy. One day is like, okay, you're never actually going to start up your uh, your transit criticism blog, so you should let subwaycritic.com go. You know that kind of stuff. I have uh, filmtrailerreviews.net. Oh, nice. Which is which I actually did like six of, which was me reviewing film film trailers. Oh, cool. I have a porno site that I registered, uh, bonemyhole.com, which which uh, I was like making a joke to somebody i can't remember what it was, it was i was making a joke and somehow the phrase bone my hole came that's up great, yeah. by the way this podcast isn't for children uh and i thought that's definitely i was like that's definitely if some your kid made it through the iphone uh discussion <laughs> yeah, they deserve this forget it they yeah it. <laughs> i was like that's definitely a, a porno site yeah and then i was like oh my god it's not and then i thought it should be so i better buy this and then when somebody comes along when the bone my hole productions people come along and they're like we need this domain name I'm set for life. That's awesome. Basically. So, hey, by the way, if you're interested in the domain, bonemyhole.com, you know who to talk to. (laughs) I have crazy domains like that that I bought like on a whim because, you know, it's so easy to spend money on the internet. Right, and you domains the first it. year, it's like, oh, three ninety five, and yeah. then they auto-renew for like, like $16. Bucks. Yeah. I can't believe this. Yeah, like, I, I made some... the mistake of going to one of those auction sites and finding that old domains I had are now selling for a lot of money. I had a friend who was like, sometimes I look at what movies are coming out. Did I already tell this story on the last podcast? I'm asking Magnus. Magnus, my producer, who's Swedish, by the way. I've never uh, heard this story. Okay, good. Um, I had a friend who was like, well, sometimes what I do is I look at mo- I look on IMDb at movies that are coming out with like big actors in them, and I buy the domains oh, that I nice. think that I think they'll want for the movie. So I own, I maybe got rid of it, but I own adjustmentbureaumovie.com. Boom. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. Oh, actually, do I own adjustmentbureau.com? I don't think I do. I think what happened is uh, somebody had purchased that. I think maybe they did. At any rate, it never panned out. They didn't come knocking for adjustmentbureaumovie.com. But you know, if, you, if I, you want that now, it's available. I'm pretty sure that the the Mac Rumors guy owns AppleWatch.com because really? he started it. He bought it like to to have oh, a Apple a, Watch. Yeah, like Apple Watch. Oh wow, isn't that funny? Hey, remember um, Think Secret? Of course. Have you ever tried to go to Think Secret? No, no, not recently. It's like shut it's like denied it's like you can't get there it doesn't exist anymore it's like not on the internet and there's no it doesn't redirect to like a one-in-one sign-up page or anything i assume apple owns it or something i don't know they someone has would. to own it remember but... how mad apple used to be about leaks oh remember when when things got leaked people would have pictures or they'd have a hands-on of a phone or whatever people would like get arrested that was for the it. end yeah and, and now and now they now it's like you i've seen the new iphones completely constructed and their packaging yeah and nobody cares. And they and Apple makes jokes about it in Siri. Right. Oh, does, does yeah. It was have... like go check out the rumor sites or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Those were different times. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about Apple TV, Apple Television. No, Apple TV. We'll be right back. Okay, it's finally happening opening week of the NFL regular season. I'm not sure what that means, but Magnus tells me it's extremely important. And it's the last chance to join FanDuel before opening weekend. So everybody's freaking out about fantasy football. I know a bunch of people who are playing it. Magnus has been, I mean, he's basically been in tears with excitement uh, waiting for it to happen. And this is really the best way to do it. It's not just for sports nuts either. It's for everyone. Anyone can play on FanDuel. So check out FanDuel now. It's the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season, which is completely insane. Uh, Building a team is easy. You just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. And entry fees start at just a dollar, so anyone can play. Uh, Magnus is playing a lot. As I said, uh, he basically lives in America just to participate in American football, so this is a big deal for him. He did very poorly last year, but uh, you know he's getting acclimated to our country's ways, and I think this year is going to be different for him. Last year, he was uh, rooting for the Jets, so I think you can imagine how he did. Apparently, the Jets didn't do very well, I'm told. Uh, But for this season, he has his eyes on the Eagles' Sam Bradford, if he can stay healthy, and is banking on the receiving skills of the Lions' Amir Abdullah. To be honest with you, I don't really know what any of this means, but Magnus swears it's extremely important information. Have you built your team for week one yet? If you have, let Magnus know. He'd love to hear from you. Magnus at tomorrowpodcast.com. Or you can tweet about it. They have a hashtag, back. Throw that on your tweets. Uh, you can go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code TOMORROW to sign up right now. There's a special offer for new users. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it 
with up to $200 that gets earned as you play. So that's a bonus of up to 200 bucks. The offer is good for only the first 50 people that use the code tomorrow, so do it today. Don't forget, tomorrow. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. Today's show is also sponsored by Casper Mattresses, obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash Joshua and using code Joshua. Listen, you spend a third of your life sleeping. Let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Casper brings together two comfy technologies for better nights and brighter days, latex foam and memory foam. So they've got just the right sink and just the right bounce no matter how you sleep. They've got a risk-free trial and return policy. They'll deliver the mattress straight to you and you can try it for 100 days. If you're not happy, they'll pick it back up and take it away. At the store, maybe they'll give you a minute to try their mattresses. With Casper, you actually get to sleep on it for several days. It's 500 bucks for a twin-size mattress and 950 for a king-size. Compared to industry averages, that's a pretty outstanding price point. So get $50 toward any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash Joshua and use code Joshua. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we're back, and I said we'd talk about Apple TV, and uh, God damn it, that's what we're going to do. Apple TV, they're supposed to have a huge announcement at this Apple event. It's going to be some subscription stuff, maybe, some like cord-cutting stuff. People are going to be able to make apps for it. Do you know anything about this? I think, what do you think? I, I think the apps are the big deal, and I wrote a post, I don't know, like six years ago saying, it's time for Apple to make apps for the Apple TV. <laughs> it's a lot. Like six years ago. No, it's true, but it's been sitting, it's the stagnant, horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's also like the interface is terrible. It's weirdly like better than a lot of TV interfaces, so you kind of forgive it, but it's really bad. Yeah. And there are, they keep adding apps from different providers, from different like content producers, but they're not really apps. No, they're like glorified uh, right. XML feeds. Right. Or something and it seems like, like it would not have been a large jump for them. I mean, they already have like you can mirror your phone on TV. So you can like play right. any game on your phone on your television, which is done through streaming, but it's not a large jump to go like, oh, put the iPhone brain in this box, scale it up to TV resolution, profit. Yeah. You know? Like, literally, this is going to be, if they do it right, could be a massive cash cow for them. I think it could be really big. I, I think that uh, immediately, like, the things that jump to mind are, so every, anyone who owns video is going to be able to make a much nicer home for that. Right. Like, imagine right. what the designers at Vimeo could have done if they actually had control over the way that their, their <laughs> right. app looks right. and works. Or Netflix um, or anybody. Shopping could be interesting, you know, if Apple Pay is somehow integrated into it and you could browse a catalog with video and that kind of stuff, that could be cool. That's interesting. Uh, I just made that up right now. That's good. So now I'm going to go home freebie. And, and start a, uh, Apple online, TV sh- online Apple uh, e-commerce Apple TV shopping yeah. hub. Uh, games, obviously, like well, gaming baby could be games. Huge. Yeah. I mean, if they Crossy were... Road on the TV, come on. I mean, but think, about, but think about this. If Apple were to, and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but if they were to actually, I mean, they could pr- create a pretty powerful piece of hardware. It's not going to be Xbox One level, but it could be pretty good. If they played their cards right and had the right partnerships, they could seriously damage the Xbox and PlayStation business. I mean, they already have to some degree, but not in the living room, really. Correct. And it was stuff they've put out, like that uh, metal thing they made that that lets, uh, yeah, yeah, like game developers write directly to the hardware and that kind of stuff. Well. You know that that actually isn't what happens, but um, <laughs> you just made up the feature how that up. works. Yeah, so gaming could be really interesting, and I, yeah. I don't think like you know I don't know if Grand Theft Auto is anywhere near console level on this thing, right? But maybe that's okay, you know. Right? If and, it's and a, if, if it's one hundred and fifty bucks and you get all the other stuff, yeah, and you're you get playing some Crossy good games. Road and uh, you know Desert yeah. Golf. And they that have kind Crossy of stuff. Road for um <clears throat> for the fire, I think. Oh yeah, I think they do, and it's I think it's I think I played it. And it's pretty fun. Right. So one of the big questions is why hasn't gaming taken off on Amazon's Fire TV oh. or Stick or the Roku? So I, so I think I have a theory. I mean, I'm just this is just in the middle of this conversation. I don't actually know if this is true. I do feel like the audience is somewhat different. I think that – I mean, like my aunt has a Roku. She thinks it's great. I don't think she's the audience. That, I, mean, I think there are a lot of people who walk into a Best Buy – and walk out with a Roku because they want to watch Netflix and some other stuff on their TV. I don't know that the audience is necessarily enthusiast. I know that a lot of enthusiasts have them. But I think if, you've, if you're an enthusiast and you have a Roku, you probably have an Xbox or you've got a PlayStation. And so you're not thinking about it for your gaming. You know, I think families have Wiis and Xboxes or whatever. And I, th- you know, I think a lot of people are, have cable and a game console. 
Yeah, I, and they don't have a third box. I think it might even be simpler than that. I think it's Apple's going to have better developer tools for games. They're going to have a better way for game make, game companies to make money. And oh, they, have, I was and only, they have a network effect. They have. I was only saying why people ha- why it hasn't broken through yet. Yeah. I think Apple changes it by the things that you're saying. Yeah. But also just in the fact that they can market the idea better than anybody. I mean, you have, when you get right down to yeah, it, of their marketing force is insane. And so, like, like watches, for instance. Much of like the excitement about the watch, I mean, almost all of it. It's not like the watch does something that's so wildly different than other watches that are on the market. I mean, it looks a little bit better. It certainly does things better. But I do think like the attention that it got for the watch is unbelievable in comparison to what other people were able to generate. It was probably the most, it was probably the biggest, most manufactured amount of anticipation and hype of, of all time in, in like a non sports. I would category. say, and I would say, even for Apple, it was a particularly felt like a particularly shallow. Like it didn't feel like there was this like, oh, finally they've answered the question that everybody's been waiting, you know, to have answered. It was kind of like, hey, Apple has a new thing, and they really, really want you to know about it. You know? Yeah, and they they're like, oh, we need to fashion influencers, oh, yeah. but then they went after the wrong ones, the ones who like just don't really care and actually don't have. <laughs> much influence at all and it was like they would and you know and, and this well, you know, I mean, whatever Katy I mean. Perry had one Beyonce yeah, so had that was, one and that worked I guess like because everyone though? well every time uh, someone was photographed like Drake's hilarious photo with uh, <laughs> what's the, that with, with his red gold watch like sitting with his hoodie I don't know that photo oh, I don't remember I missed it uh, it was a while ago. Wow. Anyways, interesting. Uh, he doesn't wear it. Every though. time that happened, have you seen anybody wearing an there Apple? There was an article about it. Have you seen any celebrity wearing an Apple Watch recently? No. Think of. I want you right now. Has there been a picture of Beyonce since that one picture of her wearing the Apple Watch? Maybe you guys. Hey, Magnus. Maybe you can research in there. Can you find a recent photo of Beyonce and tell me if she's wearing an Apple Watch? Also, Katy Perry. Also, Drake. My guess is no. Did Taylor Swift gifts. have one? Right. They were gifts, right? But I think. I'm just the, I think honestly, the reason I like mine so much is because it's mine. Because I paid for it, and it's and it's mine. And <laughs> you it's were like, like, I gotta wear it now. I paid yeah. for it. See, that's like a Segway thing. I always think when I see a guy on a Segway, and I remember very distinctly, I was. Oh in, come on! I was in. I was in Manhattan. <laughs> I'm not comparing that to. I mean, I'm comparing right, it to a Segway right. in the sense that I remember I was in Manhattan. I saw a guy um, going down the street. He was wearing like a business suit, you know, full suit on a Segway, and he had this look on his face that was very distinct. And the, here's what the look was. I bought this thing and I, I decided like, I'm not going to ride it because I look like a, a fucking idiot on it. And my wife was like, you spent $5,000, however much a Segway is. It was like, you spent $5,000 on that thing and you're going to fucking ride it. And the look on his face was a guy who'd been made out of like kind of shame and like punishment by somebody. Could have been his wife, husband, whatever. I don't know. Maybe a, a mother or father was forced to basically ride it because he'd spent a lot of money. Had to, on it. had to ride it, yeah. That was the look on his face that I, that's what I got from that scenario. I'm not saying that's the look on your face. I don't feel that. I, but honestly, what you just if, said if is I, sort of similar to that idea. I, I, yeah, I can see you that. You bought it. I bought it, so I got it. But I actually don't feel that way. And I've only actually forgotten it once. You I, love it. Do you I, love it? I really do like it. Yeah. 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 It, uh, I've only forgotten it once. And that day, it was crazy. My arm felt crazy not having an really? Apple Watch on it. Yeah. That's weird. There's Do you now, wear a watch normally? Never, no. Oh, see, that's, so that's interesting. I wear a watch all the time. Yeah. And it did for you know many years before the Apple Watch. And so that experience was not new at all, having that little bit of information on your wrist mm-hmm. and having that feeling. Uh, I But, you know, I like – the Apple Watch does some things that are really interesting. There, I, there hasn't been something that's so compelling about it that has made me want to keep wearing it. Like it just hasn't felt like this is the thing that I need. I will say part of it is the design. I mean I just don't – it's a nice-looking object. I don't like the way that looks as a watch. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people feel that way. I actually think the new Samsung – this may be a good segue into talking about Let's Samsung because I want to talk about the new Samsung. I, and by the way, I didn't think I'd ever say these words. So just appreciate how meaningful they are, listener. The new Samsung Gear S2 watch, Gear S2 Classic, I think is what it's called. <laughs> Fucking names. I mean, they got to come up with better names. They just call it like the Samsung Watch yeah. or like the Samsung Time or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. just say what it is. Um, the new version of it looks really nice. It looks like a watch. It's got a circular display. It actually has a really intelligent, what I think is a really intelligent interface, which is it uses the, the classic version of it actually has like a, a gnarled bezel around it that you can turn to move through menus. And then the other versions, I think it's also capacitive. The other versions have a capacitive. You can use the ring around the watch, around the face to navigate. It also has a touchscreen. 
but so you, it's almost like an iPad. Uh, sorry, an, an old iPod wheel kind of scroll wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the interface looks nice, and the watch itself looks really. It looks look. It looks like a watch. It looks like a watch I would wear almost. So what's interesting though is it's running Tizen, which is um, Samsung's proprietary operating system, which they bought from Nokia, I think. Do you know? I can't remember now. I don't remember. I feel like it was something that Nokia or people who were offshoots of Nokia were yeah. working on and they gave was up on it. Was this the Symbian uh, follow-up? It was the Symbian follow-up. Maybe it was. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, it's been so long now. And by the way, Symbian, I totally forgot it existed until you just brought it up. <laughs> uh, me, but not all of Europe. I understand it was very meaningful in Europe. Uh, but it runs ties and not Android. It works with Android devices, but there's Android Wear, which is built for watches. And um, did you write? Did you write something? Or you just tweeted something. I signed it. Oh, you signed it. Yeah, I okay. signed it to my my colleague. Um, you tweeted something um, that was. Oh, you assigned it. Yeah, not signed it. No, so you're saying like you gave it your seal I of approval. Co-signed. You co-signed. Uh, um, no, I assigned it. Uh, but it was basically it. it was basically like Samsung's continuing to move away from Android by releasing this watch. And I mean, does that really? It's totally compatible with a lot of Android devices. It is. So, I mean. So as always on Twitter, I'm you know one third or two thirds kidding. But okay. uh, so this, but time, yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you seem no. pretty serious about uh, that. Uh, I'm pretty serious about that. So I see Samsung. So Samsung is Google's biggest Android partner. Yeah, they're they kind are, of the only brand that matters with Android. I mean, when right. you talk about when you talk to a normal person, they're like, oh, I didn't, I don't, I didn't want to get a Samsung. Like that's how they talk about Android, right. essentially. Totally. And Android is Samsung's biggest platform. Like they, they, mm-hmm. they need each other. But Samsung also wants to have options. And so it was trying some Windows stuff in the past. I don't think they make any more. <laughs> that know. did not work. Did not work. Uh, so now they have these. I'll go with Tizen, too. I don't actually know how you're supposed to say it. I think it's Tizen. Let's stick with Tizen. It's Tizen. Uh, they have some Tizen phones, I think, that, they do. that they're not super they're like, proud of. They're, they're, uh, the, the Tizen phones they've done are, I think they're sort of focused on lower end in the cheaper side of the market and also like in developing countries yeah uh, i think they've built those to be sort of a more affordable device i th- i could be wrong i don't know that yeah, they, I they mean, might it, have it, a high-end tizen but they certainly haven't had any I mean, market they, they impact whatsoever most, uh most practical in markets where they don't use a lot of apps because data is expensive right because right. tizen does not and probably will never have the app support that android does they said that they said the watch is gonna have like two thousand apps but the or watch something. does and that was a surprising number like to uber me. and yeah, espn and, like Nike yeah. and that kind of stuff yeah. so no joke Apps and you know making maybe making a watch app is comically simple for that. I have no idea. So it must have you know um, very limited functionality, right? I just wonder how that's gonna how that's gonna relate to. I mean, I, I'm sort of bummed about it because well, first off, if Android Wear isn't up to the task, I'm actually fine with the idea that Samsung's saying we don't think we can do everything we want to do with Android Wear, so we had to kind of go our own way. Yet we've made it compatible. But is it compatible? Like if I've got a Nike app on my Android device. Does it talk to the Nike app on the watch? Like I don't know how. Yeah, that, that's the key question. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they have a translation layer for certain things like notifications and and certain pieces of data. If that's the case, I kind of don't care what OS the watch runs. Just like the iPod, you know, whatever the iPod was that was, you know, the smaller iPod that had some functionality, some like sort of iPhone like functionality. I can't think of which one it was. Recently, it was like the Nano or something, hmm. but it was running of not iOS. It no, was some like Java weird, or something. Yeah, yeah, right. But it didn't. It doesn't really matter because it does what it needs to do. Yeah, you know, I think that's fine for. Yeah, a watch. I think that's a good. I actually think that's a really good. But uh, is it so? Is it? Do you think it's a market? Do you think it's a statement that they're like pulling away, or do you think it's they're like Android Wear isn't as developed as we want and doesn't give us the freedom to do X? Yeah, I think it's a little of both. But I mean, so another thing, another major thing that Samsung's doing is is their own. Uh, mobile payments thing, Samsung Pay, right, and that's another thing where Google could have, and they, they, you know, I think it's pretty much out in the open that they're doing something called Android Pay or something right, like no, that. No, they announced that at yeah. I/O, but I don't understand Android Pay, Samsung Pay, and Apple Pay are all essentially the same thing, right? And I mean, they are actually the same thing, which is like you register your card with one of these things, and then you can hold your phone up to an N- NFC device, and it'll make a payment. Yeah, and if you're Google, I'm sure you're going, oh, man, like, why is our biggest partner right. competing with us? And yeah. if you're Samsung, you know, you, you I, don't, I don't know. Well, uh, I, I, I think this is part of this, um, you know, I was talking, actually, to, to get back to the Apple TV a little bit, the Apple TV, to me, the biggest thing that Apple can do that will make it a meaningful uh, device, obviously, they're going to, I mean, they have to figure out a way, if I'm 
a person who's considering not having cable anymore. They have to figure out a way to like string together my various video services in a way that is cohesive, right? Like I need some way to navigate that stuff that feels like I can get to the wide variety of content that you have, not just from Apple, but from, you know, Hulu, Netflix, ABC, CBS, whatever, Fox. I mean, presumably Fox is going to have their own, would have their own app. ABC would have their own app. They're not going to be channels on a dial anymore, right? Right. And and by the way, so this is supposedly happening. So this, that's part of it. So if Apple can, one, make a, some type of program guide that like pulls all that stuff together. I don't know if they can, but I think it needs to exist in some way. I think it's happening. And, and universal search but a real universal search that doesn't give preference to apple's offerings you know because like for instance uh there are many opportunities i paid for ghostbusters a while ago yeah because i thought i couldn't get it on netflix but it was available on netflix i just didn't search every single time and this happens to me you know the reality of that stuff is that it's totally aggressive to consumers it's completely adversarial to consumers to force them into like your ecosystem because you don't want to share the like you don't want to share the wealth you want it you want their money essentially and what apple does i mean what all of these companies do and this is to my thing about samsung pay i i just got the new note 5 which i think is like kind of a cool device and um it's big but you know samsung's making pretty good phones now like i gotta say the hardware is really nice the software is greatly improved the biggest problem is battery life in my opinion at this point like they really have a problem with it. Anyhow, that's an aside. But they just want to be, you know, they've got Samsung Health and all these apps that are trying to be like, you've got Google Fit and then you've got Samsung Health and everybody wants you to be part of their like world. And it's just bad for the consumer. And I think the Samsung Pay thing is bad for the consumer because it makes it confusing. You know, I, yes, it gives but them it options. But it exists. Unlike six months ago when they were designing these phones, they didn't know if they could count on Google necessarily. Well, that's I the thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't and know. Like Google, Google stuff has been blocked by carriers. I think maybe Samsung Pay is also being blocked by Verizon or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's possible. <laughs> I mean, whatever it's whatever's happening, it is like it is problematic. Something's being blocked. For, it is problematic for consumers. I mean, what there really should be is an, an agnostic standard for payments for mobile payments. I mean, what's crazy to me is to think that. I mean, in countries like Japan, there is essentially like an agnostic standard for for payments. I mean, I don't know the, all the details of it, but I mean, I have not been to Japan and used this system. But uh, the reality is, well, what we lack, which Japan has, is a central body, which I believe is the train system there that says this is the way that payments work. Yeah. Deal with it. This is what I want. I want there to be. I want. This is people are going to go crazy. I want the government to step in and just regulate some of this shit and just be like, you guys, you know what? We're going to do, we're going to actually participate in this in some way. But, I mean, like, it works in other countries. It does work. I mean, there is, there are socialized things that work in other countries. Like, I think we can do some of that here. I'm not saying we have to totally have the government regulate everything, but somebody with some broader authority, I think, needs, I mean, mm. I don't think the payment stuff is a big deal right now. I don't think it's... Well, but wait till there's state IDs that are digital and every state has a different uh, technology because everyone's got suckered in by a different vendor. This is exactly what I'm talking yeah. about, though. There does need to be, as we uh, as we enter this new era of living, there should be some cohesive... You know, I'm just talking about America because in other countries this actually does happen somewhat. There should be some cohesive thought and action. Okay, now everybody, I'm sure everybody's listening is like, yeah, like like uh, the Obamacare website or whatever. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm saying like, let everybody do their thing, but make force them to agree on certain things, force them to work on certain standards together. Say like, what is good for a citizen or a consumer instead of always what is good for the bottom line of the company? Because I do think that's what happens, and we have this like kind of horrible ecosystem lock in. I was talking on Twitter about the Apple TV stuff, and and somebody was like. Will I be able to watch my Amazon stuff on Apple TV? Because they have an Amazon video app for the phone, but you can't buy Amazon content on it, right? So, like, think about this situation. You've got Hulu. I can buy Hulu content. I pay Hulu for a subscription service, and I watch content. I pay Netflix for a subscription service, and I watch content. The same thing can be done with, I think, CBS has something. It's a couple of these networks. But you can't have a store where you buy things, right? You can have a store where you buy clothes. Right, you can, I can buy a shirt on the in the J Crew app. Yeah, you can buy physical you can stuff. buy physical stuff, but you can't buy virtual goods. Apple wants their thirty percent cut, and that's just not feasible for a lot of uh, right. businesses. So, right. and and you have to look at like when you get to like Amazon, for instance. Right, I can buy content at Amazon like a store. 
Like you'd walk into, I can buy a DVD at a store and play the DVD on any DVD player in the world because there's a standard essentially that was agreed on at some point. That was a standard that won, let's say. Yeah. I think I think Amazon is so deep into Prime now that that I think they will make an app for the Apple TV because they just want people watching. So they'll stuff. just offer Prime content and whatever yeah. you've purchased elsewhere. But I'm saying right. like you do get to that question where it's like, well, what about if I want to buy something using my Amazon account to watch on the Apple TV, which I should seemingly be able to do. You have to like go to your computer. So probably, yeah, go to the. Do you it's think, really do you think silly. there will be a web browser on the Apple TV? No, I don't think there will be. Do you think there will be? No. I feel like that's exactly what Apple doesn't want you to do with the Apple TV. I feel like they don't want to make it seem like it's another like do everything device. I don't think yeah. there'll be mail on it. I don't think it'll be there'll mm-hmm. be messaging on it. Maybe messaging. No, that wouldn't work because you're in a room full of people and you get a message. That's yeah, not whose iMessage goes up on the screen? It's not going to work. Everyone's. No, I think it'll be a it's a, a consumption and entertainment device. Yeah. I don't think I think it's just going to be a much better one. I would hope it'll be better because the yeah. current one is kind of like whatever. Do you think uh, they'll have like a Twitter overlay and that kind of stuff? Social TV? Or you think I hope that? Not. Or you think that was an That's idea? Bullshit. That, yeah, that That's is, bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to see Twitter on their TV. No, you want to see Twitter on your phone while you're watching TV. That is real. That happens. If you're like it's event programming. Yeah, but you're not going to. This is such a ridiculous idea. This is like. Do you remember when MTV used to uh, display their AOL chat room on the screen? Um, vaguely, maybe I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was. It sounds like something. It was like happened. a censored version of their chat room. But this is like, listen, this is like, uh, you know, TV. Everybody on TV is like, put Twitter. Let's put Twitter comments up. Yeah. Like so at so and so says, wow, that's a great idea, Wolf Blitzer. It's like you know what? Nobody fucking cares about that shit. I mean, seriously, people don't. I don't really care what people on Twitter are saying about what's happening on CNN. Like while I'm watching CNN, you know, I just kind of want to see what CNN's doing. On the other hand, like I will look at my feed on Twitter and see what people I know. I care what people I know are saying, right? That's the whole point of something like Twitter or Facebook. Right. So the question is, if you could log in with your Twitter ID, would you want to see that streaming no. over the video? No, no, I wouldn't. No. I would not want to. I, I think would. my Vizio TV offers that feature, and I think bo- I used it once. It would bother me greatly, in fact, to see a Twitter feed alongside my entertainment. Yeah. You know? I mean, listen, I'm a human being. I can direct my attention in two different places if I want to. True. You know, I do think a lot of like our problems with technology or and like some of the stuff that people think they're solving is actually solved by behavioral changes. You know, I actually wrote about this in my Apple Watch review, which is like, this is really interruptive and annoying more so than totally. I, I was at uh, a bar last night and almost got punched in the face because I got a, a on my wrist and I looked at it and should not have done that. You almost got punched in the face by whom? The person I was. At the bar with, who got very mad that violent, I was... Are they a violent person? No. Who, nope. is, who was that person? It was a friend of mine, and and they were very mad that I was looking at my watch. Yeah. I mean, it's rude to look at your watch normally because it makes people feel like you're like, okay, hurry up. I got something better to do. When you look at the Apple Watch, it requires sometimes that you really hold your gaze to try to see what the information is, and it's like 10 times as rude. But like anyhow, but where I got to in the review was basically like, it's not Apple's job to make us less distracted. It actually isn't. It's our job to figure out how to behave better. And I think do think like there's a big like behavioral change that has to happen. Like we're just mesmerized by these things now. I think we've spent the last seven years or whatever, six years, being totally mesmerized by technology. And now I think very quickly we're gonna start to figure out like etiquette around that stuff and what is and isn't working. You know, Hmm. like walking into like telephone poles can only happen so much before you're like, I'm gonna stop doing this all the time. I don't think everybody's gonna get it at the same speed. But I do think like there a new etiquette will emerge that is very clear about like when and where and how like you use these things. All right, so okay. Logos. We got we gotta talk about logos. The most important thing. This I, I find it to be very important personally. Maybe some people. Well, don't. When Br- okay, hold on, really quickly before we get yeah. to logos. You mentioned before, before the podcast, that you had a radio show. Oh yeah, where was your radio show? It, at Northwestern in college. Okay, uh, three thirty to five a.m. It was called Froming at the Mouth. Oh my god, three thirty to five a.m. every day? No, once a week. Oh okay, yeah, I was say, that's insane. No, it was great. Well, I worked at a bar, so I would go to the show after the bar. <laughs> you were like a bartender. First, I was a bouncer, and then I was the bar. Wow, back. I didn't know you were a tough guy. No, I was like the junior bouncer. Can you fight? Are you a fighter? Do you box? I, it was Northwestern. There was no fighting. Okay. There was like uh, rowdy football players and mostly sorting through like fake IDs, which was actually great because I was a designer. I was a web designer, so I could easily tell which IDs were fake. So you were continuing your, your career from um, the page of hell or whatever. From Gnomes Page from Hell. Page from Hell. Yeah. Um, what did you play on the show? So at first, I, you know, I was a journalism student. I was a broadcast 
person I was, you know, my, my dream was to go into radio actually. Right. And so first I tried to make it like a comedy talk show. I grew up in Chicago and there was like a really great comedy slash rock station there called the loop. And I listened to that constantly. So, uh, I thought, Oh, I'll just do a show like that. That'll be really fun. And I realized how much time it takes to produce even like 10 minutes of funny radio. So I did that once for like, 20 minutes of the show. Right. Uh, and then I just played music. And it was a combination of... So I would have like themes. So during the summer once I had Polish and Eastern... I'm half Polish. So I would play like Polish rap, uh, hip-hop and like okay. random, random like German rock. And so that it was a travelogue, really. Yeah, it really was. And then the rest of the time... I would go into the uh, to the music library and just look in the drawer that was marked new, and it was just stuff that shipped in, and I would find uh, the most interesting band names, covers, that kind of stuff, and just play random stuff. And because wow. it was so late at night, no one really cared. Interesting. It's yeah. very interesting. Did you get call-ins? Did you ever have callers? I, yeah, there was one guy who would call every week named Tyrone, yeah. and he wanted to talk about uh, network television shows. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Really late night. Actually, my senior year, I I got the the better time slot, which was two to three thirty. Yeah, so that's when it's all really happening. Um, yeah, so Tyrone would call up once a week and ask me if I want to talk about you know Real Housewives. Did, like did you? I'd let Wait, him. Real talk. Housewives was was on television. Maybe not. Maybe no, it was something else. All right, so let's talk about logos. Let's do it. Um, Google has a new logo. Yeah. What do you think of it? Uh, I. You can say. Come on. I, personally, back. I think it's fine. I don't care. I, but I <laughs> wow, do, what a strong, shocking I really opinion. I think it's fine. I tend to agree with the people who say that it's infantile and like not elegant. Really, their lo- old logo was infantile and not elegant. And like I think, Absolutely. personally, I'm not trying to argue with you. And Google is supposed to be a goofy, like silly company. Theoretically, I guess yeah. that's kind of the the image they want to project. Yeah, but. This really feels like you're reading like a, a book for a three-year-old. I think what's happened is that people have realized the word Google and those colors are really silly for a logo. I mean, yeah. for a company logo, they're incredibly silly. Like, it was never a cool-looking logo, ever. I mean, the previous Google logo was uh, r- unbelievably ugly, in my opinion. I mean, it was like one of the ugliest logos for a company that's ever been created. And what's interesting about it is... I think I'm maybe I should I'm going to call this the Batman effect. I'm going to name this phenomena. I've talked about I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, maybe I haven't. Something happens, it's kind of a magical thing when brands occupy um a space in our brain that is like a spa- a feeling more than like a literal sort of uh intellectual hmm. thought, which is like they stop things that seem could seem really silly Maybe somebody's already has a name for this. Things that really would seem silly if you were told them. It's the Batman effect. Seem cool. Yeah. Batman is like my favorite example. Batman is a stupid, really stupid name for a superhero. So is Superman. Oh, what is he? He's a Batman. Oh, he's a Batman? <laughs> really? Like it's the least complex, most childish name like you could this. think of for a superhero. Okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's stupid. But yet when you say Batman now... You're like, Batman's cool. Like, the idea of Batman's cool. You think only of, like, a badass who, like, kicks the shit out of the Joker and, like, defeats the villains and saves Gotham. You don't think of how stupid the word bat and man together are. You know, there's a villain. Batman has a villain named Man Bat. And when you think of Man Bat... Sounds pretty stupid, doesn't it? Man bat sounds pretty silly. It's Batman reverse, okay? It's the same fucking thing. Superman is also stupid, I think. But I think what happens, and this is what happened with the Google logo. Google is such a cool company that has done so much amazing stuff for the world. I'm not saying, like, I love Google. They do bad things, too. I do like Google, though, a lot. I think they're a good company. I think they do mostly good things. Um, but they were cool because they weren't cool. But but Google has become a thing that's not even Google anymore. It's not even, like, you don't see the word. In fact, like, they stopped even showing you the logo for the most part. But, like, you don't – Google you don't see as the name Google with colors and letters. Like, that's just not something your brain processes. What your brain processes is the idea of Google. And so, like, when you see – the old google logo you're not seeing the logo you're seeing like you're feeling something about what google is right i think apple this to me is like one of the things that apple's done most brilliantly like the most i actually think iphone is an incredible i think all of the i devices all of that naming is incredibly stupid like imac iphone i whatever it's so silly with the lowercase i like i think if anybody else did it if iriver did it which by the way 
they did do, I think, a series of iRiver. Nobody remembers iRiver. But I do. Samsung, if Samsung had, if Apple hadn't existed with iProducts and they did an iProduct or any Sony, I think a lot of people would have been like, this is a stupid name, right? But I do think that it was, Apple it was has, happening with the Z before, I think, too. People sure. do like a Z Pack or something. Sure. And What's I just Z-pack? think Z Pack, that's like antibiotic. Z Pack right? is an antibiotic <laughs> that, that is a, a, totally unrelated. A, a overprescribed antibiotic. Yeah. I remember I was really sick once when we were working on The Verge, and uh, Marty Moe, the guy who I started The Verge with. Love uh, Marty Moe. Oh, you know Marty. Yeah. Um, was like, I was like deathly ill, and I was at his apartment, and he was like, dude, dude. Just get a Z pack, <laughs> and I went to my doctor. I was like, "What's a fucking Z pack?" I'd never heard of it before. I went to my doctor. I was like, "My friend said I needed a Z pack," and then like one day later, I felt like totally fine. It was unbelievable. And I'm Amazing. sure it damaged my body irreparably. Um, anyhow, so I do think like I do think what the thing is with the Google logo. What people are actually uh, in a lot of ways reacting to is they now notice it. Actually, one of the things that was interesting at Bloomberg that happened when we redesigned the Bloomberg homepage is people who worked at Bloomberg, for, who were there for t- 10 years, 20 years, who'd seen every iteration of the website, they were like, what's this red banner? What's this red thing? You know, when we would do like breaking news, you'd have like a red banner across the top. Now, they always had a red banner across the top. The, the version before that, I, before I got there, there was always a red banner. But suddenly like people were calling from like the news, uh, the news team and they're like, what's this red banner? I've never seen this before. I didn't know we were doing breaking news like this. And I'd be like, yeah, that's always been there. But you notice it now because like everything looks different and like you see now what it is. Sorry, I'm kind of ranting here, but I do think that what happened in a lot of ways with the Google logo, I hear what you're saying about it looking childish, but I think like at its core, it was always childish and goofy. That's and, true, especially and, the oldest one. I mean, the oldest one, but even the more recent one, if somebody had just shown that you, you didn't know what Google was, you'd go like, what is this for like a playground or something? Yeah. It's like these ridiculously childish colors with like this, you know, kind of serify fonts, you know, whipping all over the place, basically like a glorified version of Times or something. So I think what really, it, what people are seeing is like the thing that, was always there that they've replaced with an idea and now they have to like readjust their brains to the idea of that as being the the symbol for it i think personally it's like a ridiculous improvement i think it's so much better so Mm. much more pleasing to the eye so much more modern but also in a way like i think that if that logo appeared in 1965 or 1975 or even 1980 like i don't think anybody would bat an eye i think it fits like it's really it could be, have been from any time when like modern clean design existed, which I think is really saying something about it. I don't think it's like, is it the best logo in the world? No, but <laughs> no, I, I would say it's 90% people just reacting to change yeah. as yeah. they always do. And everybody hates every logo when it changes. Right. Well, I mean, but you look at the Yahoo logo as an example. Yeah. The new Yahoo logo is bad. It's ugly. I think it's a poorly designed logo. Like it doesn't look good. It's not just the old Yahoo logo was worse the new one is better than the old one, but they're both crap, basically. Like, I don't think the new Google logo is crap. I just think it's gonna, it's for a lot of people to take some getting used to. And there's also, like, a lot of, like, there are a lot of people who are, like, designers particularly. And I don't begrudge them this too much, but I, I do think there's a point where, like, you're jerking off to, like, the golden ratio instead of, like, feeling the thing. Oh, and, like, the, the there's combination like post, of design and Silicon Valley, yeah, like, that uh, whole culture it's, it's, of, the, of... There's a post that somebody wrote about, like, why like philosophically the angles should be this or that and it's yeah. like you know what at some point that stuff is really valuable and in another and at some point like i remember when i was like producing music you'd be in the studio with people and you know they'd be like i'm a classically trained musician and blah, blah blah and it's like yeah well your music still sucks like i don't care how much you know about music and how much yeah. you logically think this should be better like classically trained musicians don't make the absolute best music in the world and so i do think there's a little bit of this kind of and this navel gaze and this pedantic attitude towards it where it's like, well, this the angle of the E doesn't it's incompatible with the rest. It's like, you know what? Logos aren't just about like math problems to solve, right? They're also about like how it feels, you know? Now, we're getting close to the end. We should end soon, but I just want to talk really quickly as a contrast, the Verizon logo. Have you seen the new Verizon logo? Amazing. It's unbelievable. Amazing. Have you ever seen a logo that to me it is like the no it's like the non-logo. It's like yeah. I, the old Verizon logo was terrible, but it was like, oh, that's Verizon. Well, the old Verizon logo said nineteen ninety three, stronger than <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah, <laughs> but this is literally it's like lowercase Helvetica with a red check mark. Yeah, it's like we're not here. Yeah. Don't pay attention to us. It's really bad. I don't know. I thought maybe you'd like the Verizon logo. Oh, uh, maybe maybe it's like the most productive use of PowerPoint of all time. Wow, what's your favorite logo of all time? Um, favorite company logo of all time one that you feel is you know beautiful and resonates with you 
Um, you know, so on Frondome's page from hell, I actually, after it became Frondome.com, I used to display logos at the bottom as a joke. There used to be like a, uh, you know how people are, uh, in magazine spreads, you'd be like, you know, this guy wears Adidas and that kind of stuff. So I had a whole, I had a bunch of logos at the bottom. It'd be like Frome wears. And then I had the Chicago Transit Authority logo. Mm -hmm. I had Kiko Mon soy sauce Mm -hmm. and I had a couple other, a couple other logos. Uh, you, actually, you actually have thought about this. I have thought about. It. I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know if I've ever really thought of, about it. You know, and I think there is something I'm forgetting, um, like a Paul Rand logo that I, if I pulled out, like I've got a book at home that's like Paul Rand stuff. You know, if I pulled it out and opened, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's the one. I actually can't off the top of my head. I don't think like, oh, this is my favorite. This is the logo that I'm. You know, feel. I like the Apple logo. Yeah. Uh, I think it's simple it's and classic. I yeah, like. The, the, I actually really like the Twitter logo. The the latest one, I think it's fine. Um, ah, modern logos are tough, man. It's hard. Well, because a lot of companies either because their company name is ridiculous or for whatever reason they they just go with a logo type, which is yeah. harder, I think, because yeah. then you need it's more complicated. Logos are tough. I mean, they're really, they it's really tough. That's why you have to admire. I love like, the old American Airlines logo, uh, which they took great. away. Yeah, and I mean the uh, like the original AT and T logo. Yeah, or the I'm, Paul Rand design one, which I believe he designed. And you it's know like, what? Honestly, you know what? I, I I have final answer. It's the old United Airlines logo, which they took away and destroyed. Well, they always do that. Yeah. And what's that weird is they're favorite. so much better. It's They're usually so much better. It's kind of crazy. You just wonder how people can destroy something that's so obviously good. I don't think that happened with Google. All right. Anyhow, we should wrap up. Dan, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really me. enjoyed it. Um, I, I did some ranting. I apologize if I ranted. I loved it. On our time. Um, but you got to come back. Anytime. You got to come back. We can discuss what, what happened about our... The things we talked about. Cool. If we if our predictions panned out. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, hold oh, on. Shit. Report. Hold on. Last minute report before we sign off from Magnus. None of the celebrities are wearing their Apple Watches anymore. That's weird, isn't it? They lost Dan, the charger. To, yeah, they're like, they oh, travel no, no, no. I misplaced it. We can't get another one. Uh, all right. That's our show for this week. We'll be back with, with uh, more tomorrow next week. That doesn't make any sense. As always, I wish you and your family the very best. And I hope they don't work themselves to death on this Labor Day. 